Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home home repair. Today we have a special guest. We are here in person, in studio. Amy, who's our guest today? We have Melissa Garcia of La Matriarca Woodworking. Hi. Is that the is that the whole that name? That is really, really good. It's, it has a little bit more of an R, like a La Matriarca. But that double R is hard to hit. I'm so. Swedish. <laughs> I'm Irish. I'm sure I can't speak those either, so it works. So we met, apparently. Mm-hmm. Tell me, so I, remind me of yeah, this. So, yeah. the, so I think it was in 2015. I was uh, I moved out here from Chicago. So I was doing AmeriCorps with Habitat for Humanity for a year, which is so you moved out there with that. So I'm I was born and raised Chicago, and then okay. accepted sort of a internship, if you will, with AmeriCorps, Got which it. I don't know if anyone's heard of yep. it, but it's like the Peace Corps, but North American based. Mm-hmm. So you spend a year of your time just volunteering, uh, doing community work. And so I was a community engagement liaison. And so my job was to reach out to the community, get people involved. And we organized uh, the first ever Pride Build, which was focused on bringing together LGBTQ organizations, people who just wanted to come out and be with family and build. And so we organized that and we were looking for volunteers. And What were you building? We were building a sevenplex building, so it. The, oh, you were building. Oh yeah, we were building. Yeah, this is we were doing wow. some drywall that day. Yeah, Ugh. framing everything. Mm-hmm. So Amy came out to volunteer, and I met her there. And I've seen you around at a couple of places since. I think tabling, but that's how we first kind of found yeah. out about each other. But I definitely wasn't doing this work back then, so I don't think we. Knew that we were going to connect later on in life too. Well, so how we did. How how much longer? What was it till you started doing? Uh, so I did social work for three or four years after that, working with uh, communities that were experiencing homelessness, mostly mm. LGBTQ teen and youth. So I worked for a couple of organizations in Seattle and uh, experienced burnout as one does sure. uh, working in yeah. a field like that. Um, so I just needed a change of pace, and um, I liked building things and I liked doing things with my hands and I had some experience from Habitat so I just ran with it. And so did you hang your own shingle right out the gate or did you work for somebody? No I so I started off in in just like an apartment in a bedroom with a (laughs) multi-tool that had one blade one sanding thing. Gorilla! Yeah and I just started carving and doing whatever I could to like make things and then gradually people started asking like, hey, can you do this on my house? Can you do this on my, can you fix these stairs? I'm like, yeah, let me, let me try and like, see what I can do. Let me watch some YouTube videos. Let me get my knowledge up to par and let me see if I can do it. Wow. And so I just did it. And I have only had word of mouth referrals from customers and we've been in business for four years now. So that's great. That's awesome. Okay. Grateful. So I gotta, I gotta tell you this. Yeah. So my Venmo feed, for some reason... I can see when people pay you 
Interesting. Yes, because you're. And I remember the dumbest thing in the world. It is stupid. It's (laughs) it's like wow. I need that, right? (laughs) So, but I've seen that, and and I recall now because I'll see that they've paid you for a piece of furniture Uh or something like Mm -hmm. that. It's Mm -hmm. like I need to talk to her. So you're doing deck refinishing, deck builds, Uh also, but also you do. Fine woodworking, yeah. so you have a specialty on kind of live edge uh-huh. epoxy tables and yep. furniture. Yeah, and so um, way to focus. Yeah, um, thanks. <laughs> I try to. It keeps um, you saying. It keeps you saying. Yeah, right? and I got to do a lot of different things to keep me on my toes. I get bored easily. And so did the the deck refinishing and building just come again because somebody said, "Hey, would you do this for me?" And you're like, "I bet you I could." I saw a need. Especially with where we live. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. People's decks get tore up from the floor up with like rain, sunlight. It just damages them so much. So I saw a need and continuously people were asking Mm because they would see someone else's deck that we rejuvenated is what we call it. Well, I was going to ask about that. What's the, to dive right into the deck talk, when do you assess when it's a refinished job Mm -hmm. or when you really need to do repair, serious report to repair. I mean, what's your threshold on that? So I always like to start by looking at the understructure of the deck and Mm. seeing if it's to code. If it's really out of code, I can tell how old it is. Mm. If the joists are overspanned, anything like that, we're going to say we need to rebuild it. We can't just rejuvenate this or resurface it. We have to install. Because you can't be responsible for that. Exactly. And Mm. so a lot of times when people come in to get the deck rejuvenated or they ask about it, we'll have to deliver that information and sure. then they'll actually go forward with getting the deck rebuilt and getting it refinished or replacing the boards with composite. That's really popular too. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. Yeah, that's a good one. Composite's like school. a combination of, um, I think, recycled plastic and some other like wood and it's more of a compressed like plastic product as opposed to solid wood or just like wood right there's so many different there's so many yeah. different kinds now there's some yeah. that are actually it's a solid product so they're really heavy mm-hmm. or they have some that are hollow mm-hmm. uh, so it makes it a little bit lighter there are some that that are all like recycled plastic but then they do have some that have a wood product in it some that have bamboo in it mm-hmm. um, you know being bamboo is so sustainable yeah. And that's that's a newer product. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of different types of products that they have, as opposed to you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was Trex. That's all you mm-hmm. could find yeah, was right, Trex. Right. Yeah. And even Trex is getting better. Do you care about which one you work with? I mean, since you're a woodworker, it's like, do you kind of sniffle your nose at the composite? Or uh, no, I actually think it's a really good sustainable product, especially Again, where we live. for where we live. Exactly. <laughs> I don't recommend wood decks at all for where we live. Just if we're going to take on a new build, I mm-hmm. highly just stick with composite. Um, and there's a couple of different products, but we mostly stick with TimberTech, Azek, or Trex if that's because Trex is just usually the lowest, you know, budget. And yes, so if the right. customer is on a budget, we'll offer a low end, but then there's higher end ones that we don't usually offer because they're a little too expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so why do you why do you stay away from the wood products? I mean, I know why we stay away from the wood products. I just want to know if yours is the same same reason just like wear and tear like warpage like in the sun and the rain the damage that comes to them i just i would rather my customers have something that they could maintain mm-hmm. easier and just pressure wash as opposed to sand and seal and stain 
every two years, right. which is it's what's required. Really serious high maintenance. Yeah. Serious. And, I, and I always tell people to stay away from pressure washing their deck if they yeah. have wood. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talked about yeah. that uh, not too long ago. You can easily you, scar it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's all it's all hairy when you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So and, and the quality of the wood now that that you get is not what it used to be. Yeah. Oh my God. I sound like my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's serious. It, it, it's like the, 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 it's newer growth trees. Yeah. So, so they're not, mm. they, you know, it's not as, it's not as good. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. And, and I'm all about low maintenance too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So do you work with a, an architect if you have a bigger build or are you designing all of them yourself? So, on big builds, that it, it, like usually a permit's required if the yeah. deck is over eighteen inches. So I don't inches high off the yeah mm-hmm. off the ground. I don't like taking new builds on unless they have an architect and a designer on their team already who's oh. designed it and done it all. So then we just come in as the builder. Got it. But I'm very um, I don't take on new builds if they're overwhelming or something that I feel like we can't do. I don't right. ever want to put the business or customers in a position where I don't know, anything ever goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anything to ever go Could wrong ever for anybody. Wrong. <laughs> so how many people do you have in your crew? I have two, three, including my partner who does mm-hmm. a lot of the back end stuff that nobody gets to see, but mm-hmm. she handles all the QuickBooks, um, a lot of the stuff that I don't like dealing with. <laughs> the computer stuff. Right. So three. So there's two uh two people that work for me. One of them specializes more in like the detail work and then the other one's more of focused on like building. So like one of them right now is pouring concrete and the other one is sanding a garage door. Oh wow. So like vastly different projects, but like working. So you'll refinish anything. It depends. I have to look at it. I wish I didn't take on this garage door project. (laughs) For example. Yeah. Most of the other companies wanted to paint it. And they were right. <laughs> right, or they just don't want to put in the work to strip it and make it look nice again, which is what we're doing. But that takes a lot more. It's expensive to the client, though, too. Yeah, to get it redone. But right. it's something she was set on was really keeping the look of the wood. Mm-hmm. She didn't want it covered with paint, and I understand that because I love the look of wood, right. just raw and just with a clear, you know, coat on it, and not having to paint over it. Yeah. And they're beautiful doors. They're just taking a lot of TLC. Right. But they were good enough. It was good enough wood that you said, yeah, that's worthwhile to, yeah. to put the effort yeah. in. Yeah. Probably not going to take on many garage doors in the future just because there's a lot of little cracks and crevices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to get in. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fun, but we're doing it. <laughs> what percentage of your clients like no, and we'll stay with the deck builds, but even we can go into furniture. Mm-hmm. How many people who contact you is like, this is what I, I know that I want? A lot. So mostly yeah, you're, people you're not having will... to walk, pe- walk people through design ideas the tables can get pretty expensive so people know what they're looking for when especially the river tables yeah so those are the ones that have sort of the resin epoxy resin poured in the middle so cool yeah they look really like a river yeah (laughs) um so people will come to me with exactly the type of wood that that they want the color even resin so detailed that you can change the translucency on it or mm. like the opaqueness. I don't know if really? that's a word, but like the more, <laughs> it can be today. <laughs> <laughs> the more pigment and stuff you use in the resin, it'll, it'll give a different look. You can create swirls in it. So they'll come to me and say, I want this with swirls, wow. gold, brown wood, light wood, dark wood, these kinds of legs. 
So when, where do you get your supply of live edge? Uh, I mean, is it found stuff? Is it? Yeah, I have a friend named RV up in Bothell. And so he has a mill and oh. they go, I'm not exactly sure where he gets it from, but I do know that he said all of it is like growth that has fallen over and is like on the forest floor. So they're mm-hmm. not chopping down anything new right, right. to get the wood, which I appreciate because I don't I don't want to use it unless I have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you'd get more interesting live edges that way yeah, too. Totally. They're beautiful. Yeah. They do such a great job up there. Those guys, I wouldn't be able to do the live edge stuff without them. So so they can completely mill it and prepare it for you. And, and they have a hundred and fifty thousand dollar kiln. Oh, wow. So the kiln, you know, they dry out all the slabs too. So everything comes to you. And then they have a a planer and it's like Mm. a CNC one Mm -hmm. on a huge table. And so they'll plane everything really nice and flat. So the wood is actually pretty project ready. Wow. Like ready for me to come in, pour epoxy, finish it, put legs. So it's good to have connections with them for sure. I was going to say that critical supplier there. Yeah. For so, sure. So I have watched countless YouTube videos mm-hmm. on that, on doing those, those, the, river, the, the epoxy. Oh, no, the, the epoxy. Oh, yeah. And yes. I so want to do one. How hard <laughs> is it? I mean, it looks, it looks pretty easy. I mean, of course, detail oriented, you have to take your time and you have to, you know, really yeah. step it out. Yeah. I mean, step by step. But, but is it, is it really that hard? Or what's the hardest part about it? What's the trickiest part that people will mess up if they try it on their own? The ratios, mm. mixing oh, ratios. Okay. okay. So I used to be a chemist, so I think I'll be all right. Oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's all science. <laughs> I'm good with that. Okay. You'll be fine. Can oh, I okay. go into a little detail sure, about go. it? Sure, do it. That. Okay. Yeah. So there's different types of resins, right? There's a tabletop resin, which is not meant to be poured any thicker than like a one eighth, one fourth inch layer mm-hmm. on top of something. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. And so that's usually a one to one ratio, which means you pour equal parts A to B. That's fine. What are the A's and B's? So A is usually the resin. B is the hardener. Got it. So it's two liquids that you mix together and it creates an exothermic reaction, which is heat. It produces heat. Yeah. So if you use the wrong resin on a deep pour, mm -hmm, it'll crack. It can start a fire, a chemical fire. It'll smoke. It'll blast off fumes. Have you had that happen? I have definitely had that happen oh, when wow. I first started. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Definitely. And so it gets a little harder when you're working on the bigger tables and you're working with like 10, 15 gallons of resin wow. at one What's your one working time? time? Oh, gosh. It depends on if I pour in layers. Mm-hmm. But the working time for the deep pour is like a day. Like it stays liquid for like a day oh, because okay. it's a deep pour, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can't create heat that quickly. Otherwise, it'll crack. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. but the tabletop one is only about a half hour work oh, time wow. and Get then it, it starts wow. curing. Yeah. And wow. there's even ones that you can buy like at Home Depot. Let's say you need a really strong glue. That's what epoxy is. It's mm-hmm. a okay. glue. And so there's like little tubes that you can buy at Home Depot where it's like that JB weld right. glue. Yeah, right. And that is the same thing oh, except yeah. that stuff cures and like you can get it in 30 like a seconds. minute. Yeah. And <laughs> right. you'll smell the fumes. It smells very farty. Yeah, <laughs> just Farty. being honest. That's an industry term? Yeah. Farty? Very professional. Uh, but yeah, it gives those ones that cure quicker give off a really, really intense fume. So just a little different notes to you know notice about the different types of wow. resin. Have you ever taught how to do this? Not 
other than my friends asking me for advice, being like, I want to make one. So would you, would you consider, because I'm thinking we got a class or we got a workshop here. Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of people ask about it. I mean, I could set up a workshop. We could get something done. I would imagine a lot of people are scared to try it. Which they should be. And they should be. Right, right, right. So in the controlled situation, I think some people would even just love to be there and watch it. Just to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I think we should do it. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest part for me is when I've had people ask if I offer anything like that is like the accessibility to you need like your own workstation mm-hmm. and you need special molds to mm-hmm. pour it into. Right. Otherwise the resin bonds to everything. Mm-hmm. So you have to make a waterproof, water sealed mold right. that you're pouring it. And how do you into. do that? Is that a special material or you kind of have a I use, trick? so I make them out of wood, just like plywood or MDF, whatever I have laying around, I'll make the frame out of that. But then I wrap everything in a sheathing tape. Because oh, sheathing tape, tape is non-porous, so it will not bond with the resin. And there's all different kinds that you can get. I try to get the widest roll just because it covers the most area. And then I use silicone to fill in all the cracks to make sure that it's watertight. Right. Because <laughs> have you made that mistake before, yep. too? <laughs> oh, that's oh, a leaks, leaks are just a part of the game, I feel like. And you, I, when I measure my stuff, I actually account 10% extra for my when I calculate how much resin I'm going to use mm-hmm. just for leaks, spillage, anything just wow. to have a little bit extra. So how expensive is that stuff? It depends on what kind you get. There's all different kinds. So if um, you're doing a deep pour, like, mm-hmm. okay, so this table is is what? Four by 18? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So if, if you were going to do a river table. In the middle? Yeah. That's the depth of it. That's what it depends on. If say, it, say it's an inch and a quarter. Okay. Uh, so it's about 150 for... A gallon set, so that's okay, like so both a half a gallon, B. half gallon. Okay, that oh, equals a gallon. That won't get you anywhere. Mm. <laughs> it would probably take It'd take at least three to cup. four kits. I yeah. think three to four gallons to get this size, which is why they're so expensive. Sure, right, right. So let alone your time and expertise on that. Exactly, and the expertise is mostly just years of failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And wow. learning what Isn't not that, to do. That's wow. true with all of us. <laughs> it's so sensitive. I've even, I don't know how familiar you are with like end grain mm-hmm. on wood, but like, uh, you know how slabs can sometimes be cut into cookies is what they're called. Right. So not like long ways, but like short ways. So they're like little cookies yeah, of yeah. the tree, like slices of it. Right. Well, that grain is end grain. And so it soaks up more. Oh, and so sure. when I was filling in cracks on one table, it over poured a little bit, obviously, because I'm filling in cracks, completely stained it because the grain was so open and I was using a deep pour resin and uh, resin has different viscosities based on what kind you're using. Right. And if I'm using a deep pour, it's like water. Tabletop one is like uh, a little bit mm, thicker. Yes. Like oil, but thicker than that even. And so when you're using a water viscosity one on end grain, mm. oh my God, it stained it so bad. I had to drive it up to Bothell and have them mill it down oh, it. No. because it was so deep. It like just saturated it. I was like, wow, learned that lesson. So now do you treat it with something that basically I haven't, seals honest, it? I haven't. I've been putting those off, those tables. Oh. <laughs> I have eight of those to do. Holy cow. So they're for Chief Self Club. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with them, but yeah. they're opening up a cafe downtown. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So there's eight tables yeah. going in that I'm doing and then a 10-foot. What's your deadline? August 5th. That's coming up. <laughs> oh. oh, my. Yeah. 
<laughs> on top of all the... We're going to have to have you phone back in and say how it goes. Right. See how it goes. Yeah. So, Melissa, how'd it go? Yes. Well, you're putting yeah. stuff on TikTok too, right? Yeah, I love TikTok. It's just yeah. so easy to use. Yeah. And like, it's a good way to get uh, just traffic and followers and people interested in art. Yeah. I feel like there's a whole like section and algorithm for artists, which I, that's the part that I like about it. And builders. Sure. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it more than like YouTube? The editing abilities. So oh, it's like, just right there in. Yes. It's oh, okay. like totally incorporated into the app. So you can do all kinds of effects and slow-mo and fast. And it's just really user-friendly to like edit videos. Cool. Oh, Anybody wow. could do it. I've just been like told that I need table. it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I've been told that need it's need very to do like, TikTok, and I'm like, well, like what? she says, the, the pain is is like when you have a different environment to edit. Mm-hmm. So you shoot on this environment, mm-hmm. you edit on this environment, right. then mm-hmm. you got to upload it. But if you can just get yeah. handy with it right in, yeah, yeah. So I go on every project I go and I start an album for the customer and I take photos before, video footage before, and then I'll do it afterwards and take video footage and photos of after. And when you compile those and you show a before and an after. People really like that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's that's the part that I think is good about it. The before you need to embed your TikTok onto your website because you need more examples on your website. Like, what does embed mean? Like the logo? Like, I feel no, like no, there's no, a no, link no. on like, it. Like, you have a feed. Basically, uh-huh. it would be on your website. It would be it be your yeah. TikTok feed yeah. on your website. Yeah. Because then it's like really dynamic because yeah. you're always working. Totally. Yeah. It's huh. a good idea. Want to borrow my intern? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lena will help us with that. <laughs> Thanks, Lena. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's what's the percentage of how you split your time between doing deck work and doing furniture? Oh gosh. Right now, I'd say it's it's more heavily focused on exterior projects mm. in the summer months. The time of year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I'm out on site with the employees a lot, just mm-hmm. like project managing mostly. Which is this year is the first year that I'm doing that. I was going to say. So. so how much do you really have your hands in stuff? Yeah, I mean, when I first started doing this, I was doing it by myself, and so I was like building fences by myself for like two years, and then I hired my first employee, and yeah, so I don't know. Maybe, Changed your life. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it project so management does. is a lot better on my back. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You really do have to make that choice at some point. What's your favorite kind of project to do? Oh, gosh. I like being outside a lot, if, if okay. you're asking, like, hobby-wise. But work-wise, I love interior design and, like, designing okay. things. So I redid our kitchen, not uh-huh. by choice. Because there was Necessity. a leak. Yeah, oh. there was a leak uh-huh. and it, it went into the flooring and then we found out that there was asbestos in the flooring. Oh, so all the cabinets had to be ripped out and I totally just took that as a challenge and was like, all right, I guess I'm going to try installing cabinets and shelves and a range hood and all the other things. How'd it go? Good. Did it? I think it went really well, <laughs> yeah. So how I could long did it show take you it? pictures. Oh, longer than it should have. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were out of a kitchen for probably three, four weeks. Because oh, that's not that's bad. not bad. Oh that's not gosh, bad that's not okay. Good. No. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. I mean, especially once you get cabinets involved. <sighs> yeah, right. Isn't that, right. And Kid, we ordered. Kitchen is like minimum eight weeks. Oh wow. Yeah. And we ordered like everything off like line. Like we shopped for everything by ourselves. Yeah. I made the butcher block countertop and like we bought. I would the expect s- no less. Right. right. I bought the <laughs> sink, but that was a challenge. Just like buying all the stuff and making sure that it was going to fit. Without having it right. and never doing it before, so you made it work. Oh, yeah, we did. I wish I could show pictures over this, but yeah, I have some good before and afters of that. 
And so what other kind of interior, like if you're not doing renovation, like, so is it functional? So like you like shelves more or just decorative? I love tables and shelves the most. I think tables are something that I really enjoy the most though, especially the river tables, just because they're so complex and not a lot of people can do them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, great, I've, I've mastered this and it's taken me three or four years of just like failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and and like crying. I would cry because these tables, I'll never forget. I was working on a seven foot table and I was installing the legs last step of the project. I didn't pay attention to where the screw was going to protrude on the other side and it cracked the resin right in the middle. So situations like that where I'm like, this is three months of work down the drain. <laughs> wow. Wow. So those are the moments that I cry. And quite a bit of materials. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no repairing that. I did. I filled it with a little bit more resin and then sanded it down and did a flood coat. So then that sealed the crack and sealed the top so it didn't show as much. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it was still an imperfection. But luckily right. it was one of my first tables so I did it for a discounted rate. Wow. And that's how I do things too. I'm like, I'm learning how to do this. Right. I'll give you a discounted rate if you let me fumble a little bit. Wow. <laughs> and you'll wow. still take it. Yeah. And people are into that. They they totally do that. They're like, one customer that I have now, she's like, do you want to try doing windows? You could trim out my windows. And I was like, mm, no, not my thing, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not my thing. So I assume you have a roster of referrals now. Yeah. Okay. We're, well, we're like booked out until mid-August right now. Nice. And I like to keep it that way so I can guarantee that the employees have work and right. money. But sure. it's always so I feel like hit or miss with like, you just never know. Well, it's hustling. Yeah, it's hustling and it's grinding and it's putting it out there and making sure that I'm doing the estimates and going to meet with customers. And so the team can stay busy throughout the season, Yeah, which is a lot. That's a lot of pressure. It is. Thank you for validating that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? What do you do in the winter? Mostly the resin stuff. So that's when, yeah. when I book out commissions, I'll book mm. them out for the winter. Okay. Oh. So I'll let people know. I don't start this kind of stuff until October. We can start talking about it now, getting the wood, brainstorming, get a deposit. But in terms of turnaround, the tables can take like six months to a year. If they hit you at the wrong time of if year. If they hit me at the wrong time of the year, yeah. Right. And so <laughs> wow. where do you, where are you working? Because I mean, it is somewhat you need some toxic, right? Yeah, I have. So I have a bedroom in the house with an air filter system. You are not working out of a bedroom, really? Yeah, that's all we have. Oh my gosh. That's all we got. I want to eventually build a shop on our driveway because we have the land for it. We just don't have the funds, of course, Mm -hmm. to build out a whole thing. So I make do with what we have, which is a 10 by 10 bedroom. Wow. And I've installed. So no tables over seven feet, please. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, the 10 foot one, I'm working on that from a friend's house. In at, their at bedroom. Their place. In their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have a big garage, thankfully. Wow. So I was going to ask, you know, what you need to know from a client if you have a bedroom or not where I can work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, what does a customer need to have ready to talk to you about? Let's go back to the deck project. Square footage which okay. a lot of people don't think about. But like getting the square footage is a big part of it. That's what yeah. determines. And also if there's railings or not on the deck because that's the railings, big... two by two balusters, that's oh my four goodness. sides. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, you know, that takes more time. So just taking into account, I think like the actual state of their deck, 
is it falling apart? You have to be yeah. honest about it. If it's falling apart and it needs to go, then it needs to go. And don't be mad at me <laughs> yeah, when I tell you exactly. right. it's falling apart. Exactly. So they could look underneath it and say, okay. Yeah. So do the screwdriver test, like poking around in their wood for the screwdriver <laughs> <No>. test. <laughs> but I do show them everything that I'm looking at. And I sure. I always try to say, like, I'm not sure how familiar they are with, with deck structure. But I usually mm. try to give them a deck 101, just like basic these are the, this is your footing. This is your post. This is your beam. This is your joist. These are your deck boards. This is your mm. ledger. Those are the important like six, seven parts that I try to educate customers on to be like, if these things, if any of these things aren't right, then it jeopardizes the whole project. If, if a deck is sitting on pier blocks, right. as opposed to being in the ground below right. the frost line, like right. there's so much that can happen with the ground. And I've been learning so much more about that too, just like water expansion mm. underneath the ground and like heaving up concrete mm-hmm. and how we have to be below the frost line, which I knew that. I just wasn't we sure. Don't, we don't have to be so much concerned about that yeah, here we're in not, the Pacific Northwest, yeah. but it's, you know, seriously um, problematic. In like in Minnesota. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Really, really cold have to places. think about that. Yeah. 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 I go a little extra just because I like to be extra. So when we dig our footings, the frost line's 24 inches here from my knowledge. So we'll go to 26 just to overkill wow. a little bit. Wow. Yeah. We and- typically go to 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm surprised that the frost is that low. I don't ever want to take a chance that someone's deck is going to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the business could be sued and I don't ever want to take that chance. So we always do a little bit. That's what your insurance is for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you pay for it. Maybe it's a few more years in on this. It's like, ah, it's a good transfer. Go 18. I sleep at night. <laughs> I sleep at night. That's a big part of this. It is. I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I have many, 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 many sleepless nights. I'm like, oh my word, what are we going to do about this? Yes. I went and looked at a, a client's deck the other day, and uh-huh. they have this huge spruce tree. Mm. that the deck was built around. Mm-hmm. Roots. And then they have, no, it's not the roots. <laughs> what, and then they had this cover, this awning kind of thing built by a sailmaker mm-hmm. so that it goes around the, the trunk mm-hmm. and then he's got four by four posts that he has attached to the deck okay. uh, in order to string that up. And it's, it, you know, not for shade, but for the sap mm-hmm. that falls oh. from that tree. Uh-huh. And it's just constantly, and it was just a pain. So they had this made. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And now they, it's all, it's all cedar decking and um, cool. they want it replaced by treks. Mm. So that's going to be a fun project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he did the, the four by four posts, he just attached it to the rail <laughs> and went up. And with the, the, Tension, tension of that that <laughs> sail thing. It's and then the weight they're, of they're the pulling, Yeah, they're yeah. pulling in, and he's like, "Well, yeah, I don't think my wife doesn't think that's quite right." And it's like, yeah, yeah. "She's right. It's not." <laughs> yeah, there's so many upgrades to code. I feel like with like I don't know if you use the deck tension ties to tie in your posts, your four by four posts to like a joist, but those things are incredible if you haven't used them. I haven't mm. used them. I've seen them, yeah. but I haven't used them. They basically provide like stoppage to any sort of lateral movement. That's so great. It's tension. It's not just, right. you know, a bolt in or a screw. It's 
held by tension. Yeah. So those are really nice. I like those a How lot. difficult are those to install? I mean, they look really cool. They're annoying. And really? And the pain? Yeah. <laughs> like you have okay. to add in blocking or a joist. Right. And then you have to pre-drill all the way through. Oh. And then, so that's the annoying part, but it's nothing that's impossible. Right. right. It's just tedious, mm-hmm. but it's worth it, in my opinion, for the, the structural Crazy solid. integrity. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So you're not having a wobbly rail. Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you never want someone to like push on it or fall and then the railing give out. Mm-hmm. I'll have nightmares about that. Do you ever use uh, sub out the railings? Like a cable railing system? Like, yeah. do we like subcontract out for that? No, we just do it. Oh, you do? Yeah. We have a new deck coming up. It's 600 square feet. That's a good size deck. Yeah. It's beautiful, but the joists are overspanned. Oh, so the no. decking is giving out. The railings are like two and a half feet high. Oh, what? Really? They didn't want to block the view. Oh, my. Okay. So I'm like. So apparently okay. there was no permit on that. Yeah, one. no. I'm like, okay, we, we can get you a view. You just got to get some cable railing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I still need to be to height. Right. Like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that's a that's gonna be a fun one. That's late August. So where's your what's your service area? Do you work all over Seattle? Do you work not typically the north end okay. because we're so in it's South not feasible. Yeah. yeah, we're in South Park. Um so I try to stick to like Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. West Seattle is a big, big place. Cause yeah, I'm, we do a lot of work in West Seattle, too. I'm in the, the mom's community there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> where your network is. All right. That's a great, that's a great niche to be in. Totally. The moms yeah. love supporting other moms. Yeah. The women love oh, supporting yeah. other women. They're sick of... I hate to say it, but they're sick of male contractors, like beating around the bush. Mansplaining. Yes. Beating around the bush, mansplaining, not doing a good job, not communicating. Not showing up. That's what I hear is a big thing is like Mm -hmm. not communicating and just, yeah, not showing up. I'm Mm -hmm. like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. People still do that? Apparently so. We have that issue you i had it a couple t- yes she's got she's got this you should see this deck that she has on her house uh-huh. it's 40 feet off the ground literally oh the my house, gosh the I'm house doesn't even touch the ground yeah it's all on pilings it's <laughs> it's incredible square feet that we need man she's got a view though anyway we've been trying for three years is that why you brought me here <laughs> <laughs> no i don't wish this deck on anyone in fact we had one contractor who folded because of of COVID, mm. but he was, fortunately we had bought it through this umbrella of this other franchise. Uh-huh. And so there's another contractor in town uh-huh. in, under that franchise. Uh-huh. And he came out to look at it, you know, and this is this it's late winter, like, yeah. late winter that he came and the franchise owner came and uh, we're talking about it. And I asked him, I said, cause I think the first guy we talked to was mm-hmm. inexperienced. He was just starting. Mm. So I think he was saying yes to everything. I've been there. And I, I I asked him, I said, would you have said yes to this project? Because we, we were having a hard time getting yeah. any contractor to say yes. And like we were ghosted by a couple. Some would come and take a walk around. We'd never get a bid. We said you know, no. Crazy. Amy Works said no. <laughs> um, and rightly so. I mean, one of the problems is the overspanning mm-hmm. you know, type of thing because it's just on the beams of the house. Mm-hmm. It's basically a bridge deck with a house on top of it. <sighs> and so um, some of it's been renovated probably back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But then part of it was is the original, and the span mm-hmm. is four feet. <gasps> And so you have these little cedar, you know, two by fours going, doring, doring, doring. At least they're two by fours. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everything's a two by four. Wow. Yeah. So we're really excited about uh, getting it done, but we had contractors, ghosts. And, and wow. so now this contractor, you know, who has 
a big down payment. They've mm-hmm. had a big down payment for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. We're still a permitting problem, but mm. I can't get him to answer me. Wow. Oh, audience is tired of hearing about my deck story. <laughs> Never. All your home repair projects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so how's that dryer vent? You know what? It's not due till September. I was just asking. I was just, just kind of I looked like, at it the other day. Ugh. Oh, good. Okay. Because I was pulling out something near it and I'm like, oh, there's that drain. Oh, I should clean yeah. that up. You know, I should clean that up by the time we do the next, not the next podcast. <laughs> I got till September. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hold you to it. How's the best way you want people to contact you? Um, the website has a request a quote link. And that is? www.lamatriarcawoodworkings.com. There's a link on there to a Google form and it just uh, asks square footage if there's any photos of the deck um, or what the project is. And how long does it take you to get back to folks? Depends. That initial <laughs> that initial intake. So I think two to three days. Angeli cool. is the one, my partner, she'll go through the inquiry form is what we call it because very lucky to have Angeli again because everything goes into a nice, neat spreadsheet. Nice. <laughs> and then yeah. she looks at the spreadsheet and she's like, okay, let me set up an estimate. Let me see if this is within our scope. And then she'll set up an estimate, talk to me about it, be like, does this look like something you want to do? Great. And then I'll say yes or no. And it's usually about a week out for an estimate from there. Super. Okay. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. Thank you you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. We will have the website on uh, in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Anything else that we forgot to say? Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.